Hi, my name is Audrey on program staff. You're listening to week five of the Falls Creek podcast. The speaker for week five was Nick Ataya, and we had 4,039 students in attendance. Enjoy. You all look like you were having fun. Yeah? I was having fun watching you, especially you, Andy. You were almost off the ground a couple times. That was great. I tell you what, it is an absolute delight to be here with you this week. Falls Creek is one of my favorite places in the entire world. I mean, so much has happened in my life here. Many of you that are sitting out there, you could give testimony, numerous stories of things that have happened in your life, in the life of your church here at Falls Creek. And so we know this is a special place. And I wanted to talk a little bit before we get into much more about what goes into Falls Creek? What makes this place so special? You know, we have been blessed in the state of Oklahoma to have something we call conference centers, which is part of what Falls Creek is. This is a, a major conference center that is made up of facilities and grounds that are for lots of things throughout the year, but for eight weeks, they're here so that we can host Youth Camp Falls Creek. And so you get to be here tonight because so many faithful people for a number of years gave and contributed to this facility and other facilities on these grounds. But did you know that there are several hundred people at work right now for you? They've been working for a number of weeks. They've been preparing for a long time for you to get here. That's conference center staff. That's program staff. That's people at the at what we call the Babishon Convention of Oklahoma, at the building that is in Oklahoma City, who work year-round to prepare for you to be here. And right now, all over Falls Creek, there are several hundred people working to the glory of God for you. Yeah. And your church family, your church family provided a way for you to get here. They secured a place for you to stay, they sent, recruited and sent leaders to be with you. If you're, if you're here with a church as a sponsor and as a cook, oh, we are so thankful for you, right? <laughs> youth ministers and Sunday school leaders and youth workers who have just put so much into preparing for your time this week. And so there's all these people that are involved in this process of us being here tonight so that we can sing to the Lord and we can jump and clap and have a lot of fun throughout the week and sweat and eat good food and all those types of things. But you need to hear something. This is your, you're a student, this is your camp. If you're a a high school or a middle school student, this is your camp. Everybody that's working is doing this for you. And so We want to honor you with every effort that we put forward, everything that happens on stage, all the way down to the rec fields. We want to honor you this week. To the glory of God, we want to honor you. This is your camp, and you need to hear that because you're not here by mistake. People have paved the way for you to be here, and this is your camp. And so it's our hope and our desire that you enjoy this week. So who's ready to enjoy this week? All right. Well, my name is Nick. I get the opportunity to serve uh, with so many people this week. Uh, my wife's name is Libby. 
Uh, she's sitting right over here. I have three children. I have a, a high schooler named Gabriel. I have a 2B middle schooler. I have a 2B middle schooler named Easton, and I have a 2B first grader named Lula. And they're all here this week, so we're going to be with you all week. Uh, I get the privilege of serving at the, as the pastor of First Baptist Church of Seminole, Oklahoma. And I get the honor of being here with them this week. But, you know, Seminole, uh, we're the chieftains. We are the chieftains. And we got some more chieftains in the house that aren't even with this group. And so I'm a chieftain, uh, and so I'm proud to be a chieftain. All that to say, myself, my family, the staff that are here on grounds, the people that work year-round to prepare for this week, we're here for you. We want to honor the Lord. We want to serve you. It's a delight, and Falls Creek is a special place. And I want to talk in a little bit about what makes Falls Creek so special. Because there's a lot of assumptions before you get to Falls Creek, and even sometimes while you're here, as to what makes Falls Creek so special. And I want to get to that, but I want to wait a little bit to get to it. I want to give a little teaser, okay? I want to tell you what we're going to be talking about each evening. It's a very simple theme, if you want to call it a theme, okay? A sermon series or a sermon theme. Jesus is. Jesus is. Each night, we're going to look at the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And we're going to be in John, chapter 1, the entire week. Each night, we'll be in John, chapter 1. So you'll know where to go when I walk out on stage. You'll know that we're going to be in John, chapter 1. And we're going to unpack what John the Apostle has for us about the person of Jesus Christ. He's going to tell us very clearly and specifically five key characteristics of who Jesus is. And we don't want to miss these this week. We don't want to miss what the Bible says about Jesus. And so as you're getting there to John chapter 1, I just want to encourage you with something. When it comes time to look at the Word of God, that Bible that you have in your hands, whether you're reading it in your lap or whether you're reading it on the screen, when it comes time to read the Word of God, my prayer and hope is that you understand this week what it is that you're reading, what it is that you're looking at, what it is that the Lord has given us this evening and each evening this week, each morning when you get together in your groups, each morning when you get together in the tabernacle or in the Mathena event center, every time we open this thing that we call the Bible, my prayer is that you fully understand what it is that God has given us and how precious and valuable it is. It's called the Bible. And so John chapter 1, I want to ask you to do something, and I want to ask you to do this each night with as much respect and honor as possible. We're going to read from the holy word of the Lord, and so we stand to honor the reading of the word. So would you stand right now as we honor the reading of God's holy word, John chapter 1. John the Apostle, inspired by God the Father, writes this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing 
was created that has, not been, cre- that has been created. Life was in him, and that life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. And there was a man named John who was sent from God. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. The true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was, not, and the, and the world was created through him. Yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, his own people. They did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and took up residence among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning his exclamation, This was the one of whom I said, The one coming after me has surpassed me, because he existed before me. Indeed, we all have received grace after grace from his fullness. For although the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only Son, the one who is at the Father's side, he has revealed. And this is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. God, we love you and we trust you. And we pray tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would take your holy word and you would use it to do a work in us tonight. That you would draw us close to our Heavenly Father and you would draw us close to Christ the Son and you would draw us close to the presence of the Holy Spirit. God, we ask that you do in us what only you can do. Shape us into the image of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus the Nazarene and all of God's people said, Amen. You may be seated. So if you haven't figured it out yet or not, if this is your first time or maybe you've been a couple of times but maybe it didn't track with you quite yet what Falls Creek is, this is what we, we call a, a Christian camp, an evangelism camp, a church camp. You, you can name it any of those things. But this is a camp where we teach from the Bible. I remember the first time I came to Falls Creek. I had not spent any time in the Bible. I don't even know if I owned a Bible the first time I came to Falls Creek. Some of you might be in that same situation. Maybe this is your first time to have any exposure to the Bible. Or maybe you've had very little exposure to the Bible. So I want to take just a moment and talk to you about what the Bible is. The Bible is a collection of books compiled together that are telling one epic story. So every book of the Bible, all 66 of them, are inspired by God. And they have been put together under the counsel of the Holy Spirit that we might have this that we call the Bible so that we can see and hear and receive truth from God. This is the word of the Lord. And he gives it to us so we can know him. We can know the history of God's people. We can know who we are. We can know who 
Jesus is. We can know how to obey God. And ultimately, we, can, we have this so that we can have hope. And so I don't know where you are tonight with your understanding of, or of your time spent in the Bible. But my hope is that this week, you would fall in love with what God has given us, His Word, so that we can hear and receive from Him. It's an interesting thing because of all of the languages scattered across the planet, it doesn't matter what language you speak, the four most important words that have ever been spoken in any language are this, thus saith the Lord. Those are the four most important words that the ears of man and woman have ever heard. Because when you hear those words, you know that the creator of all things is speaking. And he's speaking to you and to me. I wore tonight one of my favorite shirts. It says Sola Scriptura on it. And that means scripture alone. So every time that we open the word this week, morning, afternoon, and evening, we open the word with humility. We open the word asking the Lord to show himself to us through his word because we believe that all authority, all of who God is, and all that God wants us to know has come to us in his holy word. And so everything we believe, everything that we ascribe to be, every hurt that we have that we want to see overcome with hope and promise, we submit to the Bible. And that's what I hope you see this week. I don't hope you see a bunch of people who have creative ways of teaching, a bunch of people who have uh, uh, interesting stories to tell. I hope that what you see this week as you gather together in your church cabins and here in the tabernacle or over at the event center is that you see the word of the Lord going forth to reach your soul, to reach your heart, and to shape you into the image of Jesus Christ, which is why the Lord has given us his word. So all that to say, the Bible has one subject, and his name is Jesus. And it is told over 66 books, and it is told in what's called a narrative, a story, creation to new creation. And so that's what you have before you tonight. The word of God, in all of its power, in all of its authority, telling one big epic story of who Jesus is. And when the Apostle John sits down to write his gospel, he starts with this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing was created that has been created. And in verse 14, the Word became flesh. So this is where we find ourselves tonight. John the Apostle is painting a portrait. You're seeing portraits being painted. You're going to see that this week. You're going to see mystery unfolded this week through a series of teaching times and times in your cabin. John the Apostle is painting a picture of Jesus for us. 
And the very first thing he wants us to know is that Jesus is the Word. He is the Word. It's more than just an English word. What he's saying is that Jesus was there in the beginning. Before all things were created, there was Jesus. Before you were created and I was created, there was Jesus. Before the foundations of the earth were formed, Jesus. And he was there with God. And he was God. He is the Word. Now why is John telling us this? Because John wants the reader to first and foremost understand this. That Jesus is the personification, meaning he is the image of all that is right and pure and holy from the Word of the Lord. The spoken word of the Lord was now in flesh, and his name is Jesus. I, uh, I often wonder, you know, the Apostle John spent three years with Jesus, and you see that as you read through the Gospel of John, you understand that he spent three years with him. And of all the things that he saw, of all the things he experienced, of all the things that he will go on to say about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. This is the thing that he says is the first thing I want people to know about Jesus. That means that in John's experience with Jesus, seeing the miracles, seeing the signs, sitting down with him and dining with him, hearing Jesus pray, all the things he was exposed to, the thing that stands out most to him was that Jesus is the embodiment of truth. Jesus embodies truth. He is the image of truth. He is the person of truth. And that truth existed before time began. That, when we open up the Bible, and when we teach from the Bible, it's telling the story of Jesus the truth. Ultimately, this helps us to understand something tonight as we prepare to get into this week and dig deep. What does it tell us? If Jesus is the Word, what does that tell us? It tells us, one, that He's eternal. He had no beginning. He was not made. You and I were made. We were made by Jesus, but Jesus was not made. So of all the other gods that we might be tempted to ascribe to, of all the other ways and religions that we might want to be part of they're all made but Jesus was not made Buddha was made they're all made except Jesus he is God and John wants us to know that so that we will worship Jesus as God so when we sing these songs and Cody is going to do a great job with his band in leading us in worship this week. But as we sing these songs about Jesus, be mindful of something. You're worshiping God by worshiping Jesus because Jesus is God. Now, this is most offensive to people because this is a distinction. People don't want to know that Jesus is God. There may be many of you here today. You came, but you don't really know why you came. You came with questions, sincere questions, genuine questions. You're confused. And we're going to talk about this person, Jesus, all week. And there's going to be a, some people talking about how Jesus is God. 
well, that's clearly a distinction that I'm not willing to submit to because if Jesus is God, then I have to submit to Jesus because there's no other gods. And the world doesn't like that. The world does not like it when we say Jesus is God. The world does not like it when we open up the Bible and say, see, it says right here that Jesus was God. The world doesn't like that because if Jesus is God, then you have to believe and submit to Jesus. And we don't want to do that. We don't want Jesus to be our Lord. We just kind of want him to be that great guy who told great stories. But in reading John's gospel here, we come to understand that he is telling us, first and foremost, Jesus is God, and you worship him as God. Third, he is creator, which means he has all authority. Right now, tonight, in this tabernacle, and all over the world, Jesus has authority. Do you know that? He has authority right now in this place. And he has a desire. His word tells us what that desire is. He's given us his word so that we might know him. So hear this. With all of the power of heaven, with all the authority of heaven, the authority to create, Jesus, that Lord and that God, the one and only true God, what he wants you to know right now is that you can know him. Of all the things that he could do, he wants you to know him. So we come to the word of God with humility, as if coming to God himself. Do you realize that? That when you open up the Bible and you begin to word and you begin to read the word, you're not just coming to pages with ink on them. It's as if you're coming before God himself. And so we come with humility to receive from God. But why does John, why is he even concerned with writing the story of Jesus, right? I mean, do you ever just sit down and, and, and you're in your room or you're at your house somewhere and you think to yourself, you know, it's probably time for me to write a story about somebody. Who am I going to write a story about? I don't often think about doing that. John says, I've I, I got to write a story about Jesus. And God, you're going to use this story. So God uses John to tell a story about Jesus. What is the point? What does John seek to accomplish with his account of Jesus? Why is he telling a story about Jesus? Let me ask you this. How many of you have already had vacation Bible school at your church this year? Anybody had vacation Bible school at church this year? Okay. How many of you, your vacation Bible school, had a key verse from the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 31? Raise your hand if that was you guys. You memorize it? Anybody memorize it? This is why John writes the gospel. It's found in chapter 20, verse 31, and it says this. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you will have life in him. So John's not just simply writing a story. He's writing with an aim. He's writing with a target. He's writing with a purpose. And if John the Apostle was still alive and he was standing here, he would say, hey, everybody, you're reading from the gospel account that I give to you? Well, here's why I wrote it. I wrote it so that you would believe in Jesus. So when we come to the gospel of John, we're coming with the understanding that John writes this and the Lord uses this that we might come to believe in him. 
So that can happen this week. That can happen. Because the Lord has authority. And the Lord's given us his word. And he wants us to receive from his word. And John says, Jesus has come that you might know him. Know him as the word. Know him as truth. I, uh, I have a program book, a Falls Creek program book with me. <coughs> from 1996. It looks actually kind of like a program book might look today because, you know, we've kind of gone back to the 80s and 90s with our style. But this is a Falls Creek program book from 1996. That was the year I came to Falls Creek for the first time. I uh, had not seen one of these books. You know what, and probably when I was here the first time in 1996, to be honest with you, somebody probably handed me my book on orientation day and I probably tossed it. I probably never opened this book until this last year when our youth minister was going through a bunch of stuff at our church and he found some program books from the 90s and the 1996 book was there and there's an interesting thing about the Falls Creek program book of 1996 that was the year that I gave my life to Jesus in June of 1996 yeah go ahead I'm proud I'm happy (laughs) I'm excited about that In June of 1996, somewhere right around in this area, there's a super tall guy sitting right there. I was probably right next to the girl in the yellow shirt. I was probably standing somewhere right in there when Dr. Anthony Jordan was preaching the gospel on Thursday night. And he preached the gospel with clarity. I had never heard the gospel. I had never heard about Jesus in this way before. And he's preaching with his watch in his hand. He's preaching on this old wooden tabernacle and everybody's sweating and It's hot, and I knew then that I needed to confess Jesus as Lord and follow him. In 1996, 23 years ago, I never knew what the date was. I knew it was Thursday. I knew I was at Falls Creek. I knew it was sometime in June, and I knew that Dr. Jordan was preaching. And when I got this book, the first thing I did was I opened it to look at the week's. They didn't have eight weeks back then, at five. The first week, Dr. Anthony Jordan, June 24th through June 28th, which means that on June 27th of 1996 is when I gave my life to Jesus. Here's what happened that week. I want you to hear this. Don't miss this. Here's what happened that week. Dr. Jordan preached from the Bible. Brent Hazelrig, the youth minister at First Baptist Church Seminole, where I get the pleasure of pastoring now, Brent Hazelrig, each night, taught from the Bible. Each morning, people gathered together, and we were told to have a quiet time, and we would open up the Bible, and we would read from the Bible. And then we would go and gather for Bible studies, And somebody would teach from the Bible. There are a lot of assumptions on what makes Falls Creek so special. And none of them are necessarily wrong. But I want to give you the secret to why so many people for so many years have given their life to Jesus at this camp. It's because for a hundred and what, two years now? For a hundred and two years... People 
who are faithful to the Bible have taught the Bible. And that much exposure every day, that much exposure to the holy word of the Lord each and every day opens hearts, opens minds, opens souls, makes souls thirsty for more and more of the Bible because the Bible is where we find Jesus. That's the secret sauce to Falls Creek. And so don't neglect your time in the Bible this week. Embrace it. Ask questions. These leaders are here for you. You're going to have questions. Ask them. I was reading this in my quiet time. I don't understand it. Ask somebody. I truly believe that apart from a special time with friends, social barriers being broken down, sports, more than time away from home, more than music, more than cabin fun, that what makes Falls Creek so special is that Jesus is the Word and He is faithfully and perpetually proclaimed each and every day at Falls Creek. And that's what I hope happens this week, faithfully. I hope you're with me on that. I really do. So I knew I was going to preach that Jesus was the Word. I knew that Monday I was going to talk about the importance of the Bible. And it was great because the 1996 Falls Creek program theme that year was God's Word. Do it. (laughs) You know what's interesting, and I'm trying to build up enough confidence to do this. Back in those days, we had camp theme songs. Don't try it, Andy. That's a challenge. And in 1996, the song written by Julie Clifford and David Sutton was Do It. Just Do It. And it went a little bit like this. Just do it. Walk right through it. When it comes to the Word of God, just do it. Get into the word. That was the song. That was the song in 1996. Listen. They were short songs. And usually sung by people who can sing. But that was the theme. Get into the word of God. Listen. That might have been the program theme for 1996. But for 102 years, that's been the theme of Falls Creek. Get into the word Find Jesus, proclaim Jesus, respond to Jesus. And oh, I'm so excited that we get to do that this week. I am excited that you are here. You're not here by mistake. People are praying for you. All across this state right now, people are praying. Did you know that? There's literally tens upon thousands, if not hundreds upon thousands of people that have prayed for you this week and what happens this week. And they are trusting, yes, they are trusting that when we gather We seek Jesus in the Bible. And so when we come together each evening, we're going to open this up and we're going to look to Jesus. Listen, and I'll close with this. I don't know if I'll end up being cremated or buried. I kind of want to be cremated. I don't know what's going to happen. My kids will decide that, I'm sure, after after I die. But if I have a tombstone, I've always said that there's only one thing I want to be put on that tombstone. I guess other than my name, so at least people know who's there. 
is this, that your relationship with Jesus will never rise above the amount of time you spend in his word. Meaning this, if you don't get into the word of God, you can't know who Jesus is. This is where we find him. And if you want to know Jesus this week, let's celebrate that God's given us this revelation of who he is in the Bible. Thus saith the Lord, the four most important words ever given to any man or woman that's ever walked the face of the earth. And we have that this week. Thus saith the Lord, John chapter 1, this is what the Lord says about Jesus. Listen, the Lord would speak to you this week. Are you ready to listen? Are you ready to listen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we love you and we trust you. And we trust your word. And God, might it be always said of Falls Creek that we can have a whole lot of fun at a place called Falls Creek looking at your word so that we might know your holy son, Jesus Christ. Believe in him that we might have life eternal. It's in the name of Jesus the Nazarene that we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening.